0: Good morning on January 22nd, 2021. For another episode, another episode of Maybe a Good Time to Listen. This episode is primarily for the church, but it's also for anybody. I always say, anybody who wants to listen, just listen up you can get some out of it and parts that are not for the church maybe, hopefully i remember to specifically say that so this is called let us come out of hiding with the church once again let us come out of hiding with the church All right, let's get started. Got a lot of words here. Now, as a country in the world get more and more divided, as the abortion rate rises like the national debt, as towns flood, snowfall, frequency increases, heat goes up every year. I'm not talking about the cost of heat, that too. But I'm talking about hotter summers. So heat, heat goes up every year and wildfires increase. As a global pandemic still rages, churches stop having services altogether. Businesses close for good, and people don't know if they're coming or going. Well in all this with church. Do I mean the Roman Catholic Church? No, not, not specifically, but them too. I mean the Bible believing in spirit filled born again folks who claim that Jesus is the head of their life. Not to sound mean in any way, but the way church has been conducted for at least the last 50 years with an order of service that can't be deviated from and an hour and a half of saying, in a quick 15 to 20 minute message from the pastor, the assistant pastor, or a visiting preacher, and the fleecing of the flock, trying to take their money, that's no longer gonna be the norm for trying to advance the kingdom of God. We should know by now that God loves persistence, and consistency. He doesn't like things done by rote with no sincerity. I'll say that again. He doesn't like things done by rote with no sincerity. He doesn't want you to just do it for the sake of doing it. There's to be some feeling in it, there's gotta be sincerity in it. Now, if there's something brewing on the horizon and it's not Folgers coffee. After a while, saints, you gotta realize that if the church as a whole doesn't emerge, but it will, even if it it never emerges, I still have to individually, so there's no excuse. If I say I'm the light of the world, well then I have to emerge myself. Talking to me too. Not just you. I just love my light shine, right? There's been two extremes that I personally have been around for about 40 years. 40 years. There was an extreme that once you get saved, you primarily have just become a little angel who no longer sins and does everything right. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you get my drift. The other extreme seems to believe that once you accept Jesus, you haven't really changed, and sin can still eat you up. And no sin really gets cocked. It just remains dormant in your body. Well, they believe that deliverance is only temporary. In other words, if you get delivered, you're going to live for a little bit of time until you do the same thing again. Well, before we get to let's come out of hiding, let's add all this up. Somewhere in the middle is the answers to this mystery. Now, we know that we don't become little angels once we accept Jesus. But at the same time, if you're the same old person that you get saved, Have you let the power of God into your life so that you and others can see a change in you? No one can conquer the Godly life by doing one commandment at a time. That's what you call doubting I's and crossing T's. Live the life and doctrine will follow you. If every time you look at a verse about Godly living and you say, Oh, I'm not doing that. You'll never feel like did righteous living inside of you. And pretty soon you're gonna get discouraged. Alright, that kind of thinking, like you can never do nothing right. Now that's from the extreme of the person that treats salvation as equivalent to getting their hand stamped. At the Mission Park. What I mean, you know, like you look, mom, you think it's easy like stepping in a bread line and getting your hand stamped. Then you go, look, mom, saved. Well, like in the color purple. Just because Oprah had a ring on her finger, what she said, I'm married now. See, Jesus touches the life of a new convert so that they know something has happened inside of them. It's not just getting your hand stamped and saying, oh, I'm safe now, I'm on my way to heaven. No, there has to be a change in your life. Too many people have said, I got it, when they felt a the chill went up and down their spine, which really only happened because the building they were in it was cold. All right, just a little human there. Lighten things up, but it's still true. So, Jesus is going to present to Himself a church without spot or wrinkle, and no sin is going to be in the new heaven or new earth. And we don't know when He's coming back. So, how can we possibly think that any unrepented sin we have in our life is just going to be excused as coming? It's not. So therefore, it means godly living is important. And one has to make every effort to be pure and spotless. And that comes from uh, 2 Peter 3, verse 14. In other words, he cleans you out before he moves in. Jesus is not going to live inside of a dirty vessel. Ask yourself, is Lucifer still in heaven with a holy God? Dirty and clean can't live together. So Saints, don't let don't let Satan lie to you and tell you that you're dirty and full of sin. You can successfully work for a clean God. I mean, how can you work? Yeah, exactly. How can you work successfully for a clean God? If you think you're dirty all the time. You may not be spotless yet, but if you're saved, you can't be as dirty as you feel you may are. <laughs> as dirty as you may feel you are. Okay. Oof. A little Tanta idea. Alright, seriously. When Jesus talked to the apostles during the last Supper. He said this, Saint John chapter 13, verses 8b to 11, from the NLT. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, A person who has bathed. All over does not need to wash, except for the feet to be entirely clean. Now back then, you know, all they wore sandals. It was a dirt road, so you got all that dust and dirt on your feet. So even if you took a bath, you still had to have your feet cleaned. So it's a cultural thing. So just don't take it like, oh, I gotta wash my feet. I gotta wash somebody's feet. Because cause, they, cause uh, whatever reason, because Jesus said to wash their feet. And now he's giving you an example that you should be willing to humble yourself for your fellow man. Because the people wash people's feet literally and they can't stand them. So what did you do? Nothing. You did a ritual. And that doesn't count. What I said about doing things by wrote with no sincerity. Oh, there's more to this verse, these verses. So let me read that again. <laughs> Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, that wash my head and my hands. Jesus said, he that has washed has bathed all over, needs not to wash except his feet. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. But Jesus knew who will betray him. This is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. Said, so you, you can go through ritual, but if your heart's not right, you're still not clean. Now, I know most, or many, don't agree with that. Many say that he saves you, dirty and all, and he leaves you dirty, to work out, to work things out. I don't argue doctrine. I just ask. To, to, I just ask us to use spiritual common sense. Like I said earlier, we don't know when he's coming back, and no sin is getting into new heaven, and new earth. And I'm told in Second Peter, three and fourteen, to be found spotless by him when he comes back then how is a saint going to make it with unrepented sin on their record? You see why I don't argue, doctor? Alright, now, let's come out of hiding. In a society where people have become reluctant to talk to each other in person, yet this pandemic has made people long for physical interaction. I wonder if that was planned that way. We've gotten so used to, oh, don't invade my space. Oh, I don't want to touch you. I don't want to talk to my my family. I don't want to talk to this one. I don't want to talk to that one. But now, because of the pandemic, people miss that interaction. Oh, I wish I could hug my grandchildren. Oh, I wish I could hug my brother or sister. Oh, I wish I could, you know. We've managed to be away from people so long with phones, social media. We feel like we don't need physical interaction. But this pandemic has made made some people realize these. you do. All right. So through all this, we've managed to hide ourselves and feel that our personal space should no longer be invaded by conversation unless it's an emergency. Once again, because of social media mostly. This type of lifestyle cannot be taken in and accepted by the children of God. The children of Israel were instructed not to learn and accept the way of the heathen. Now, do I mean stop testing? No, of course not. But I want you to be aware of things that will put you into hiding. Sometimes we as people actually ourselves then complain that no one cares. And sometimes we do it ourselves. Imagine if no one taught to each other anymore. It seems to be unconsciously heading in that direction. Some folks are trying so hard not to offend anyone by sounding racist that they are becoming afraid to say anything and feel like they have to choose their words wisely. Pretty soon, folks will have to walk around with duct tape over their mouth because they don't want to offend anyone. Now, as an introvert, I'm not one to start a conversation. Keep it up? Okay, I can do that. I can keep it up. But honestly, to start one is not my best suit. Yet, if the conversation is about right and wrong or the Bible, I think I can hold my own with the help of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, for a lot of my brothers and sisters in the Lord, many are biblically illiterate. Now, that's not a slap in the face, but it's a fact. Nobody says we have to be a Bible scholar, but it's fair to say that Jesus expects his children to be able to speak and contend for the faith in these last of the last days. Not so many can, sadly, and therefore atheists, agnostics, and many other faiths faiths, can run rings around so-called believers. This makes those folks feel like they defeated you and your beliefs are no good. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. We recommend not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's 2 Timothy 2.15. Alright, now I'm back with me here. When I talk about the abolishment of the grave, in some of my early episodes, or when I was doing videos on Facebook. When I talk about the abolishment of the grave, the areas are gone for trying to stay neutral. So it is for Saints, too. We can no longer stay neutral about certain topics, it's the word or bus. We can't giggle our way out of uncomfortable topics anymore. As I said in the beginning, a sister in the Lord says, I'm terrified but excited at the same time. Mm-hmm. Two very important elements if you have the task of defending your faith. And they come from the Bible. First one is Colossians chapter 4, verse 6 from the New King James. Let your speech Always be with grace, season with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Another one, like similar to that, First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 for the NIV. But in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone ask you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do this with gentleness and respect that's right don't be shooting people down with the Bible it's a do this with gentleness and respect don't disrespect somebody's beliefs be gentle when you talk don't be all rough and nasty alright now we, we jumped around a bit today but it all comes back to coming out of hiding. The old church days of church as usual, they're not coming back. We can not, we can try to keep the old days alive, but remember, we're the ones who cry, "That kingdom come, that will be done," etc. We should be able to tell by now that God is going in a completely different direction. As far as, even as far as church goes, and a lot of other things too. Even a loving God is tired of jack preachers breeches who are after your money. He's tired of empty prayers, church as usual, and praise and worship entertainers as opposed to praise and worship worshipers that like they're supposed to be. He doesn't want entertainers he wants worshipers. What did Jesus tell the woman at the well about worship? St. John chapter 4 verse 23 and 24 from NLT But the time is coming indeed it's here now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Well, probably heard that before. Now, true worship is not just music related, it includes how you live, how you talk, how you pray, how you work. These are all forms of worship. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about 1980s gospel music they changed that ensued. now very arguably the 1980s was a great time for gospel music uh the choirs were really good the musicians played with energy but somewhere along the line when I look back I know that the ship is shifted from giving God the glory to the talent of the choir and the talent of the musicians. It was all about how good is your choir, how good are your musicians. And I slowly started moving away from the importance of God getting praise and glory to, to the talent of everybody else. And when I look back at it now, I get like, yeah, that's so true. Because people, people, oh, this is, a, this is a gospel artist. What is a gospel artist? When when I hear, or when we hear the Lord's music, it should be raw, mistakes and all. Because you're saying the glory of God. Yeah, you should hear us, of course. But it should be raw. If somebody makes a mistake, just keep going. Because it's supposed to be about God. It's not supposed to be about about entertaining the people sitting in the in the ch- chairs out there. It's about God. So I know that change when I look back at it. During that time, I didn't think much of it. Maybe a little bit. But when I really got into the 2000s, I really looked back and I said, yeah, things changed." And every generation, you're going to have that. Every generation you're going to have people who are serious worshipers and people who are trying to make people like them. That's not going to change until Jesus comes back. Alright. If you consider yourself in a covenant relationship with God but you are so staunch hearted about your political beliefs maybe it may be a good idea to lighten up on those beliefs because the devilish principality spirit is over Washington, D.C., and has been ever since George Washington. At times, well, excuse me, but God is over them, too. There may be principality spirits set up over Washington, but God is in control. So our opinions about politics are just that the only opinions and everybody in the one. someone we're going the wrong way Ugh. okay next if you consider yourself in a covenant relationship with God and you are gung-ho about saving the planet do what you can to help But know that the decaying of this earth has already perfectly started and will continue no matter what we do. It probably started a while ago. My thing just started uh, three months ago. Uh, It started a long time ago. But in other words, it's already in effect. It's already moving along. Third, if you consider yourself to be a covenant relationship in a covenant relationship with God, if the world is your oyster, that's an expression. In other words, you just can't get enough of what the world has to offer. You want this, you want that, you want this, you want that. If that's the way you are, you need to read your word more because you might have to go back to the altar. Because we're not supposed to be a testament. Saying it's not a wild crack, but it's a dangerous and important statement. All right, so be real careful. Be with me here. Okay, a good reason to come out of hiding is that it's going to get tougher to stand up for Jesus. Excuse me, I'm back in. And the longer we can't and won't contend for the faith, the harder it's going to get. Now it's easy to do this podcast because I have no challenges. The real test for me will be, will always be face-to-face challenges. Though I told you, I'm not arguing with anyone. The truth is truthful by itself. To God be the glory. And any good thing we have came from the Father of lights. So, whatever good, whatever God has blessed you with, use it to his glory and the edification of others. If we have Jesus, we carry what the world needs. Let's not hide it under a bowl or a bushel. The world needs a light more than a new president, more than end of the pandemic, more than lower taxes, more than the reopening of businesses. we need revival and an outpouring and an awakening through Jesus that will take care of everything else. Now, best wishes to the new president, the vice president. Personally, I feel sorry for the man and the first black female bikes because they are about to be pulled from every direction to do this and do that. So like it says in First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, pray for them. We want to continue our life with no waters in it. I think that goes to everybody. <laughs> Prophecy-wise, Things will continue as they're supposed to. There's still, still going to be still unrest. Because now you have the other half of the country who's not happy. There's still going to be racial tensions. If the heart of a person is not changed, ink on paper means nothing. They can write all the laws they want. Don't mean a thing if your heart's not changed. What else is it going to continue? Weather-related phenomena. Phenomena. Why? Because humanity can't prevent a natural disaster from happening. There's going to continue to be government issues. Why? The country is still split. Global warming and climate change is going to keep going on. For that, you need to read Romans chapter 8, verses 22, excuse me, verses 20 to 22. Now, believe me when I say that I'm not trying to scare anyone or making myself out to be some sort of big shot. Knowing my liking for attention, I try to avoid attention to myself. I like being behind the scenes. Yet the importance of what I'm saying is just as important as if I was looking and you did in the face ah uh, okay so you might say why don't you come out of hiding well actually I'm not in hiding I'm in lockdown like most of the world I still communicate with folks via Zoom, including prayer and Bible study. And I have Zoom family get-togethers. Like I said before, use ingenuity and take advantage of, these, of this technology while you have the chance. If this pandemic doesn't end as soon as we hope, how else do you think we'll have to get the gospel out? It's probably gonna be by a computer, no, yeah, it's gonna probably be by a computer like some already doing now in order to keep things moving. So, don't knock it, don't knock technology, use it. It's not the big things we do, it's also the small things we do. i give you an example in the Bible. Uh, let's see. Come on now. Saint Matthew chapter ten, verses forty to forty-two, in the NIV. Jesus talking. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Some folks strive to be a Billy Graham or TZJs, and when they don't attain that, they think that their life is worth nothing. Yeah, have goals and don't don't be lazy, but don't rest the importance of your life on feeling like you have to reach millions of people. Remember what I just read about the Cup of Cold Water. whatever well, you do for Christ will last so saints let's do our job of spreading the gospel and stop getting chummy chummy with the world with a fading world with that and stop treating the Lord like he's a genie in a bottle oh I want this I want that let me rub the bottle and get three wishes no stop treating the Lord and king of the universe like that Now, am I angry? No. I just want us to wake up and realize that our redemption is closer than we think. It's really time to stop thinking, oh, Jesus is not coming back anytime soon. Even if it's not in your lifetime, you still have to be right if you die first. So be encouraged. It's almost over. There's too many signs going on in this world to ignore. God bless you.